AJ McCall, drop the mic. We've had a lot of questions recently about radio and about the way that kind of we got into radio and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I think that generally uh, you can also chalk it up not to sound braggadocious, but we have a career path also that is interesting that I think a lot of people, one, have questions about, but two, I think there's a fair amount of misconception, maybe not a fair amount, several misconceptions that come along with our careers as well. Yeah. And it's just kind of combined with, for the podcast specifically, we have um, had some a lot of influences for a few episodes because this is our fifth one. Yeah. Fifth one that we've had uh, some of the influences for, I think at least two have been the fact that we've gone to the high schools. And so of where do we get a bunch of questions when we go to the high schools? Absolutely. And all of the questions, a lot of the questions, like AJ was saying, come from high school students, I guess you could say. Like we've had questions about how we got into it. We've had questions about... Um, what it takes to be in radio, why we play the music that we play, those those sorts of questions. And I think it's a good thing to be able to address and be able to talk about. I th- yeah, and I think to start with, I think you just, I think flat out, just start with, with music. Because mm-hmm. the question we get, especially when we're broadcasting live, because we have the setup so we can see the log, so we can aff- communicate better with our producer and, and stay more organized, mm-hmm. is do we control the music? The answer is... Yes and no. Not, yeah. We So in terms of just time, uh, time saving and organization, we have programs that schedule logs. So the log is done the day before. However, McCall and I have the power to manipulate the log, but it's in place. So it's not something like we don't get in here at, you know, 530 mm-hmm. and then build our music log for the day. It's already done from midnight to midnight. Mm-hmm. It's created basically day before. Uh, that way, if we have any sort of new music, we can have it. You know, like when Taylor Swift dropped a brand new song, we had it so that we we were up way late the night before waiting to be able to load it in, get it in so that we had the music the next day. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's there's things, those are special circumstances. Mm-hmm. There's usually a type because when it goes into radio, there's uh, music reporting. And so that goes, that's a kind of a factor into it too. Like, cause Nancy, Nancy Bauer commented on our Facebook thread. We did asking if there's questions people want us to answer. And she asked about that. And then one of the other questions she asked is, can you play pretty much any song you want as long as they're radio edits, or do you have to play certain songs every hour? We don't have to play like, Again, with the there's a music log that's built every day, and it has specific rules, and they're based on research and the charts and stuff. So, sort of, I mean, that sort of means there's songs we have to play every hour. But, but the songs that we play every hour are songs that are popular. They're songs that are already trending on those music charts and and things along those lines. There's not any sort of artists that are paying us. Hey, we've got this brand new song that we want you to play six times a day. Yeah. You have to play this song six times a day. Here's four thousand dollars or anything along those lines. It's just based on what's popular yeah and then radio edits of course yes language has to be absolutely taken care of mm-hmm. and then any song we want uh not really because you define a station by format and so we're top 40 so we stick that there are s- special circumstances obviously where we break format a little bit throwback thursday is sort of a break in format mm-hmm. because we're top 40 when Chester Bennington committed suicide the next day, we did a lot of Linkin Park stuff. Not necessarily super breaking format, but we bent the rules of what we normally do. Um, I'm sure for Halloween and Christmas and stuff, you change the format a little bit because it's a holiday. Yeah, and normally we try and, you know, keep away from same artists within X amount of time. Yeah. So it's not like we we try to stay away from like Taylor Swift back to back, those those kinds of situations I think, I think the general rule is at least try to at least i think it's like 45 minutes yeah 45 ish artists. minutes mm-hmm. unfortunately well not unfortunately you sometimes you have trouble with that like justin bieber this summer it was impossible to do that and because no, because he blew up the charts be the one uh desposito and then those two were huge. They were at the top of the charts. And then there they was were Friends, and then there was To You by David Guetta. Those were in the new music categories, which play decently often. Mm-hmm. So there's there's ways to do that. It's not like, I mean, I think that our our music log operates in an area of gray. Like I said, the, it, there, there's research and stuff that determines like what songs are on our charts. Like we have, for instance, not to get too technical about it, we have several categories. And 
the easiest way that they're defined to me, our programmer might use different words, but they're defined in by letters. So we have A, B, C's, uh, news, and then I think D's and F's. Mm-hmm. And basically, so A's, A's most popular, B's second most popular, C's third most popular, N's new music. So their the categories are broken down. So our clock, if you were to look at it, is like a rainbow wheel. It's kind of interesting. Because they're color-coded. Yeah. And yeah. so that's... That's how it is. Like you basically like there's rules and slots for stuff, and so the program just drops songs into slots based on the category. There is the simplest way to describe it because it's a super complicated process. It's really interesting though because there is like mathematics and science behind the way that things are put into the music log. I really enjoy it. It's kind of a cool way to look at it because you do have a. Uh, breakdown of it that is very well thought through that is very well um formulated i guess you could say to be able to play music to the best and to put it out there i guess you could say i couldn't come up with a really good phrase for it i'm not very well educated well i mean like there's a lot of like and there's actually a lot of thought process into and just speaking nationally and in radio in general i know when people like not to say that people complain about the music. I think we actually have a pretty good blend of music. Yeah. But um, there's a lot of thought process that goes into because music programming is something that's debated among people in radio across the nation. What's so the best blend much. of music? It's something that's debated a lot. Um, but even like we talk about how it's not based on just the charts. Like that's not not it. There's other research that goes into it. And then even even those those letters that I told you about. Mm-hmm. There's other categories too. They're divided into group. Girl artists, male artists, slow. There's like different categories for speeds. Is it a ballad? Is it sort of slow? Is it fast? There's, uh, we keep track of peak position. What's the highest spot it hit on the chart? Because that determines where it goes once it falls off the top of the chart. Yeah. Uh, you know, golds. We we keep track of when it was released. There's a lot of information that's kept track of, in terms of how we organize the songs that are in our library. It's really cool to see the. Again, like I was saying, it's really cool to be able to see the whole process behind the scenes of of music, of the way that things are chosen on the radio. We've got another message from Nancy. Uh, are there jobs available? Uh, uh, here's specific. I mean, this she didn't specify. Here specifically. No, not really. Not particularly. Radio in general, it's very much, it depends. It's like this. Radios, I feel like maybe this is for every job, but it depends on where you're at. Radio is very much a competitive industry because obviously it's not something where age really limits you. Yeah. In e- like, because McCall's 20, what are you, 24, Three. 23. 23. 23. I'm 28. We're doing top 40 music. And it's not like at a certain age, because I'm older, that I won't be able to necessarily do it. It just comes to how I relate to the music and to. Um, relate to the music and relate to our listeners. But at some point, even if that's the case, well, then if that's the case, then I can move to like a Q92 where the music's a little bit older. So yeah. it's still music that I'm comfortable with. So you can you can transition genres. Yeah. Well, you look at you look at Rick D's. How long has Rick D's been doing this? You know, Rick D's, Rick D's is doing this forever. And it all goes back to the way that you relate, the way that you um, put yourself forward towards the listener, the way that you make the person, the listener, relate to the music, you know, and we get talking into that and, you know, that kind of, that kind of begs the question for me, because I know that he was someone that was a huge uh, influence for me getting started into radio. AJ, where did your influence come to want to even be in radio? Uh, I hate to say this because McCall has such a good story about this, but mine was simply, there was a class available in high school that I took and I enjoyed it. It was a good class. I got a job in college because I had experience doing it. Not commercial radio, a little bit different experience. That wasn't bad. I interned and did sports stuff, which is why I ended up doing the internship because I absolutely love sports. And then, to honestly, to start with, a lot of opportunities opened up for me, and I just followed them because the thing I tell people is that uh, people ask all the time, and if you talk to a salesperson, their answer will be different than mine. What's it like working in radio? And my response is always good days, bad days. What I tell myself is the worst day in radio is still better than most of the jobs out there. Oh, absolutely. And so that's kind of why I stuck around. I did fall in love with it because once you, especially here, once you start making those connections and you get to do the cool stuff, you start realizing how much fun it is. And then you really get, you kind of fall in 
head over heels for it. And so I did eventually, but on, I don't have a cool story like McCall's. I mean, I don't have one of those where I was like, oh, I listened to this person. I knew at five I wanted to be on the radio. It took me quite a bit longer to figure out that this was my passion. See, and like with mine, I kind of, I wouldn't say necessarily at like five I wanted to, but growing up, I played volleyball. And so we traveled playing volleyball and I listened every Saturday morning, of course. I actually, I la- I actually listened here. I actually listened to VFX growing up and listen to Rick D's do the weekly countdown every single Saturday morning. And I just grew up thinking that's what I want to do. I want to talk about music. I think I would do great at it. I think it would be a, one of my favorite jobs ever. And I ended up moving to Vernal, finding a place that they had like a really eclectic type of feel with music. And I was like, I can get, I want to do this. I love the music that they're playing. I think it would be great. So I ended up having somebody come into the bank that I was working at. They came through the drive-thru and they said, hey, I work over at this station. And I was across the bank. I heard it. I ran clear across the bank. I was wearing high heels and a little pencil skirt and I almost fell over. Shockingly, didn't fall over. And said, hey, how do you get a job there? And she said, well, just come in and talk to Charlie. So I said, okay, cool. Came in, talked to the boss. He ended up saying, hey, can you come come back in like four-ish hours? Um, and I'll show you how to do some stuff. I was like, yeah, sure. So I did a little bit of an intern period. I was there for, I don't know, maybe two, three, four weeks. And then the the um, kid in the afternoon ended up not being there anymore. And I got the opportunity to be on. And, you know, it's honestly, it's been a dream come true because I've wanted to do this ever since I was little. Ever since I was, I say little, I was probably like 12, 13. My story isn't, so that's just what I mean. My story is not like that. It, it was something where I did radio because I had the opportunity to do radio and I had opportunities that opened to me because I, I, I did it and I don't, I didn't say I fell in love with it right away. It was just something that I was doing it. So I put my all into it. And then I eventually just after doing it for a while, fell in love with it. But um, going back to Nancy's question a little bit about radio as well, it's very much, I think, become an industry. And I think it's good in all industries to learn as much as possible because yeah. one of the best things I've ever been taught by a mentor was make yourself invaluable. So the more you know how to do, the more valuable you become, you come to the company. Mm-hmm. And but I was just going to say, radio, I think, has very much become a industry where it's a mini hats industry mm-hmm. where a lot of it has become like here specifically, you know, we, uh, McCall and I are on two different stations here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we have a guy that our operations manager, our operation manager, he does a morning show. He's our production director. Mm-hmm. It's very much become a mini hats industry, especially once you kind of get in smaller places, they expect people to take, no, no, that's it's a bad thing. I'm actually very much feel blessed that I've worked in smaller places because I've been able to learn so much because it's been required to go take on multiple responsibilities. Well, I had somebody actually tell me that you want to become as versatile as possible because you become a necessity to the company. Whatever company you're working at, you need to be somebody who's an asset to this company, whether you are picking up all sorts of, you know, just different hats, like you were saying. That's what you want to do, especially here, especially because... You get to a point, not necessarily of comfort, but I'm I'm a person who likes to be challenged. I like to have new things. I like to try new things. I like to work on new things. So as soon as I get the opportunity to start something new, to work on something different than what I'm used to, I jump on it. Whatever I can do to better myself as a as a on-air personality, as a whatever you want to classify me as, as a radio type person, that's what I want to do. Yes. No, I'm, I'm with you. I like to be challenged too. I like to learn. I like to learn new stuff. It's, mm-hmm. it's part of the reason I love this industry because that's another reason why I really love this industry is because it's not boring because I can't, mon- monotony kills me. Mm-hmm. It literally will kill me. Yeah, me too. Um, I'll just, let's get, I'm going to get Nancy's last question out of the way, which is okay. what, what is the weirdest thing to get used to working at, at the radio station? Your voice, dude, getting used to my voice was the dude. hardest thing. One of the hardest things in the entire world, because you think your voice sounds like one thing, then you actually hear it played back and it's a completely different thing. So getting used to the fact that your voice just as it is, is fine. You don't have to adjust your voice. You don't have to try and make your voice something that it's not because like the job that I had in Vernal at first I would do this like oh hey it's McCall and and it was like I I got to a point where my boss seriously he he came in was like 
what is this? And I was like, what is what? He's like, listen ever. to this. And I was like, well, I, I, I thought it sounded good. And he's like, it doesn't sound good. No, no. Just use your voice and just talk. So I got to a point where I was just using this. This is my speaking voice. This is what I sound like yep. in real life. And just got to a point where I was using this and I had to get comfortable with the fact that my normal voice sounded okay. Voice is definitely a good one. I think for me personally, the weirdest thing I had to deal with was, I think I would just chalk them all up to my own insecurities. Like for example, when I, up until I got the New Mexico job, which was my last job, I viewed anyone outside of my company as the enemy. Right. And I did the exact same thing in Vernal and it's wrong. And there's competition, don't get me wrong. But radio in general is a very awesome industry because yeah. a lot of people are very supportive. So like McCall and I are friends on Facebook with and and we had a bunch when we went got we we're lucky enough to do that Atlanta conference. We met a couple of people, I have phone numbers for several other DJs as well. But we're friends with a ton of DJs around the country. Mm-hmm. And so that was one of the biggest ones. Um for me personally, egos I don't think it's necessarily a problem, but it's something that I step across the line every once in a while. There's a rule in radio that and I'm gonna butcher it, but there's five phases to listening for for listeners. Yeah, and the first one is they've like never heard you before, and something for me, especially uh, as I've gotten because like I've won a couple of awards and I and, you know my hometown was my first one, so you get kind of a big head there, especially when you start to figure it out. I'd say one of the other insecurities that was really weird for me to get used to because it was a break against, I guess, kind of sort of a force of habit is like even now in Utah where I've, McCall and I've established this rapport where people are telling us a lot that they love listening because I've never had that rapport with an audience before. You got to remember that there's always going to be people who barely know who we are or don't know who we are. And like it's, I combined that with the fact that I think in general, people really like their privacy Mm -hmm. and you take this job and you realize kind of can't do that anymore. No, no. And you, the more authentic, the more, um, genuine you are about it the the better it is because you as a person is you're interesting and it's kind of weird that's that's what I find really weird actually is that people find me interesting because I oh, yeah. I feel like I'm one of the most boring I'm like really you find me interesting cool I work and uh I do random things I buy unicorn heads and I run around with them sometimes you know and that's something that I find really interesting that that people think that I'm interesting it's weird it's a weird feeling no i i shared that when we got that message from uh jose he sent us he was i think the most that's not even true we had a message again this morning Mm -hmm. he was he sent us a message talking about how he used to listen to a station in salt lake city and then he found vfx and he's been listening to vfx for a while but then when colin and i got together and he loves it he listens to our morning show every chance he gets and i shared his comment and i wrote with it that i hope it doesn't come across as insincere or not humble, but it, legitimately, like every time someone tells McCall and I, and I don't speak for on this, so I think we're in agreement. Mm-hmm. Every time someone tells McCall and I that they love listening to us, it's still going to be the biggest shock in the world it's to me. It's the coolest feeling in the entire world because we just, I'm just a person. Like I'm still my same self. And it's so weird to think that this awkward kid from high school that did random stuff you know, people find me interesting and people like our show. And it's it's amazing. It's one of the best compliments that I think I've ever received in my entire life is to hear that, hear that, you know, just just that. I mean, I'm not even talking about that standpoint. I just mean from the standpoint of like the one of the keys to tell you to be good at your job, especially when you're new, when it comes to being on radios, because a lot of people get worked up about thinking about how many people are listening the key to being good is having, it sounds like you want to be sound like you have a conversation. Obviously it's way easier since there's me and McCall yeah. as opposed to before when it was me, it's way easier to have a conversation because I'm actually talking to someone on air. Yeah. But like I just meant from the standpoint is that I know, I know people are listening. It's not like I've deluded myself into thinking that, but I, a lot of the times I just, it's McCall and I in the studio goofing around and we're doing what we're, we're doing and having fun with it. And then people are like, I love what you guys do. And I'm like, that's crazy to me because we're literally just being a bunch of goofballs in the studio. And it's nuts to me that people love listening. Yeah. Like so when I when I wrote that and I was like I always think that when people write this is always going to be the biggest thing it really is cuz I think you know cuz the truth is that's the that's validation cuz we we think we know we think we have a good idea of what's going to work and what people want to hear mm-hmm. but when Obviously, the the best way to know is when you hear from someone that you're trying to communicate with, which is our listening audience. When our listening audience tells us we love listening to you, well, now we know we're doing something right. Because if not, it's not that nobody could say anything, and that doesn't necessarily mean they don't like us. Mm -hmm. 
but it's it's validation and it's just it's just nuts to me because for the long you know i just i picture us just literally coming in the studio and just talking for four hours that's how i see it well, and that's so yeah people are like we love listening to you i'm like that's crazy to me because we I just are just having a ridiculous. conversation, and yeah. that's exactly how it is. We have conversations. It gives me a razz on air every once in a while. It makes me angry. Constantly. We get off air, and then our our producer comes back in. He's like, dude, that was a great break. I'm like, really? Because he made me so mad. <laughs> yes. Uh, and along those same lines, we've gotten this question before, and I think we've, answered, we've talked about it on air. Um, how do we come up with the stuff we talk about on air? So... We we have access to prep services, which are basically websites that have comedy writers yeah. that find stuff that's interesting, and we will we look at them to see if there's anything that captures our attention. We want to talk about for the Walmart thing is a great example. We talked about the Walmart service this past week. The they're starting that service where they can deliver groceries yeah. into your fridge. That 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 helped us. But in general, like. 95% of the time, the reason a topic has come up is because it has happened to McCall or I. And it's literally something that happened in our life. And we want, and, and basically, I like what Gabriel Iglesias, I think, said at one time when he, people ask him, because he's a comedian, how he comes up with his bits. He goes, well, things happen to me, and instead of talking to a therapist, I just come perform it on stage. Yeah, but for real, that's basically exactly how it thing. is. That's exactly how it is. Like, we go back to a bunch of the topics that I feel like have been quite successful. There was a girl who unadded me on Facebook, and I didn't know what to do if it was acceptable to, you know, re-add that person on Facebook or if I just left it and you know, dealt with it at a later point or, you know, AJ with his dating stuff. That's been really successful, obviously, because he has a girlfriend now. And we, you know, we just bring it to to the listeners because we know that you guys have a great standpoint and you have a great way to be able to relate. And I, I love it. I think it's great to be able to actually bring our issues and be like, hey, I got an issue. Fix it. <laughs> Yeah, it's microphone therapy. Yeah. Uh, along those lines, McCall, does, and I don't know if necessarily you could answer from your previous experience in radio. I know that to, to a certain extent I can, but has you have you run into any issues with your friends or family because we do such a very open and personal show each day? I don't think so. I feel like we we stay pretty, um, pretty good on that aspect of it. Like I'll I'll discuss it the day before if I'm having a conversation with about Dustin's family or something about Dustin's sisters because I hang out with them a lot well I'll discuss it with them and be like hey is this okay if it is cool uh same thing with my sister we did the topic on our on our siblings to see if I looked like my sibling and I literally called my sister and I said hey is it okay if I post this on Facebook you know I feel like I I kind of stay I like to toe the line of uh, respect, I guess you could say, just trying to respect their privacy as much as I can rather than doing anything to step on toes. Yeah, McCall does. McCall toes that line. Uh, I don't. Ages <laughs> <laughs> like, whatever. I really don't. If it's don't something care. interesting that happened, I'm going to talk about it. I have a, the guidelines that I operate on is one, uh, is it appropriate to be on air? And if so, then I'm going to figure out a way to put it on air. And then two, if it's something that... Uh, I think we'll hurt that person's feelings and I'll find a way to, I think, fudge fudge the details a little to make it so that I don't necessarily rag on. Like, for, here, here's a good answer. This one comes to mind. We did that whole topic on Snapchat. I had an older family member who added me on Snapchat and I thought it was super weird. Yeah. That happened and that was a legitimate story, but obviously I did not want to hurt said family member's meeting, so I, feeling, so I just changed it to older family member. I didn't say what relative it was, mm-hmm. who it was. But uh, for me... I've been doing this for a while. I've been, I've been all different shifts. Uh, I, I think my family's pretty aware, especially now, because uh, my my brother is usually a, one of the bigger inspirations in a lot of the topics we do. Uh huh. He's good with it. We have a relationship where we rag on each other anyway. Yeah. Uh, my parents, I think, kind of understand it. And honestly, if I'm being honest, because of where I live versus where they live, I can get away with it a little bit more because it's not like they're because they're not the they're not listening all the time. <laughs> See, I don't I don't have any sort of an issue with using that kind of a show prep if you will. That's that's sort of a show prep to uh benefit because I feel like I have a lot of really good experiences with my family, with my with my life, with my boyfriend, with my dogs, with his family, you know, to be able to use those kinds of conversations to 
benefit the show, I guess you could say. But I don't have any sort of, most of them, from what I understand, don't have any sort of an issue with it. If At least if they do have an issue with it, they haven't told me yet. Yeah, uh, not to say that it, like if anybody listening is in radio or gets in radio, you shouldn't have the conversation. I lucked out with uh, Ashley in terms of my relationship because my dating history before I met her had become basically part of the show. It was. And then I met her and she was aware of it because she listened to the show. And then when we had a... I don't want to say rocky start, but a lot of we had some issues we had to sort through at the beginning of our relationship. And then I just, because we weren't dating, didn't really think of it, didn't think it was too, didn't think it was offensive or, or problematic, literally took the topics onto the show anyway. So from the get go, she was very aware that my life was going on air. Yeah, because your life literally went on air. You know, you talk about all the different, the way that things started, especially with you guys, and you look back at it, and it's, it's, I like it. I think it's fun. I like that we used it. You know, I feel like it turned out pretty good. I feel like the topics turned out well, and they're really relatable because they're real life things, you know? That's just so and so doesn't call you back. What do you do? I said this to so and so. What do you respond when when it comes to that? You know what I mean? You you look at those kinds of situations and you look at the real life situations and they're more relatable. It makes it more real because we are relatable. What's the yeah, I mean, that's the bottom line. I talk about why I have a rapport now that I haven't had before. I think before we talk about one of cuz going back to the what's the weirdest thing you had to learn to deal with being in radio. Uh, I think that was one of them for me too is that you know, in general, and I do, I like my privacy as much as the next person. Mm-hmm. So when I was younger and and didn't have a, a, as good a grasp, and obviously I still don't, I'm still way green, but figuring it <laughs> out, you try to toe the line sort of. Actually, not even that. I wasn't even towing the line. It's you try to be entertaining and then sort of still maintain your anonymity. Mm-hmm. And you can sort of sometimes make it work. But in general... I think the reason we have the rapport now is because McCall and I take our lives, we put it on air, and it's relatable. And not, it's not to say that we're more interesting than anyone else. I don't oh, think no, we are. Oh, no, absolutely not. I think McCall and I would agree a lot of our lives is work and relationship. Like, yeah. That's what consumes most of our life. That, that's exactly what consumes all of my life. It's just I think that we're willing, because we're, we've fallen in love with this career, that we're willing to go on air and then maybe confess to things that a lot of people would maybe hold back. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, again, we say this all the time, and if you're listening to podcasts, absolutely true. The people that comment, I'm not even saying you have to share embarrassing things, but the people that are, anybody that comments, but consistently comments or calls us or tweets us or Instagrams or Snapchats us, for any success that we have in terms of entertaining, you're just as much a part of it. Oh, absolutely. Because it, it one, makes it a whole lot more fun for us when we can open up the conversation outside of the two of us. Mm-hmm. And... It also just expands it to more conversations. I mean, for instance, uh, not even it wasn't even a topic we did on air. I shared that video of that dog who wouldn't eat its food unless it was put in the oven and quote unquote cooked. Mm-hmm. Well, then John John Olson, who's one of our one of our more popular commenters, shared a story about how he's watching his his son's dog. And his son's dog won't eat until he hears the phrase amen because they pray before meals. And then he shared a video, and it's not even something we did on air, but it's the coolest thing ever because it's one of the sweetest videos I've ever seen. And it was literally from our backyard. It wasn't even a, it wasn't something that was on the internet, went viral, but it was a cool video. Mm -hmm. I love the response that we get from the listeners because that's exactly what makes it successful. Because the fact that, we get response. The fact that you are willing to respond and share your life with us and share just a little piece of your life with us, it means it means so much to us. It really does. Yeah, and again, like I said, it's just it's awesome because I think that McCall and I are are having some success because I think our experiences cover a pretty broad base. Mm-hmm. And so we have our a fair amount of our own lives to pull on, but obviously you know, so if we have our experiences, then one person's coming. Now we have three people. Well, ten people comment. So now we have twelve people's experience. Odds are, the you know, the more people that comment, the more interesting we have a story. And then it's just, it's fun because that that's one of the things that uh, I think that I would talk when we talk about things that are weird to adjust to. And this is a prime example of it. I think that there's a I don't know if it's a scientific study, but they there's a a joke that people that get on radio end up becoming more introverted in real life. Mm-hmm. And it's honestly, it's happened. It did happen with me. I've reversed it now because it's just fun to go out and meet the people because we have such good experiences. Yeah. But um, 
it's just one of those things where you because we're we're so happy with like we are as go happy go lucky as we are on air so you tell us a story then we are like comment on it all of a sudden we're having a completely different conversation and it's just a fun experience not even if even if it doesn't even go on air it's just fun to talk about someone today we talked about being trapped in a cave told us this these several several stories of her being kind of a thrill seeker and some of the the issues she's run into it's not even something we talked about on air still just amazing for me to sit and listen to her experiences dealing with she talked about uh they climbed down a rock or climbed down a mountain and had an issue or they she was stuck in a cave herself and there was almost a cave in like it's just cool to get to partake in other people's experiences yeah i appreciate it a lot so thank you yeah thank you McCall, what do you we what are some of the things maybe misconceptions you've run into when you tell people you work in radio or even some of the misconceptions that you had before you got in the field because I bet there I mean me too I mean every place I have there's misconceptions but I bet you had misconceptions even going from working in radio to where you were before to working here Yeah um I don't know necessarily that Yeah there's a lot of misconceptions along those lines especially where I'm a female in radio and I know that that's not that big of a deal I know that you know girls do a lot of things now but there's a lot of people who who I I know when I was talking to somebody about it once they said something that kind of it it peeved me off is what it did really they said oh well you're but you're a girl why are you working in radio well because I want to I want to be somebody who is driven, who has a passion for something and goes after it because I can, you know, just because I'm a female doesn't mean anything. But he said something along the lines of, oh, well, you're a female. Well, that means why aren't you at home? I don't want to be at home. I'm sorry. I'm, the, I'm the a grown up. a little bit past just radio. I'm Well, exactly. But, you know, that when it comes to misconceptions, that's that's something that I've received. And I I'm a huge advocate for being able to work whatever whatever you want to do go for it you want you want to chase your dreams do it you know especially because i'm in my dream i'm living my dream i have the best boyfriend in the entire world we have three super adorable puppies and i get it they're they're not kids but they're like my kids you know they have personalities we're moving into a house that's going to be remodeled and it's going to be beautiful and it's gorgeous and i work at the best place in the entire world if you have dreams freaking go for it you know don't don't doubt yourself that's one of the things that i got a lot um, when I first started, well, you're not going to be good at it. Well, you'll never make it in a big city. You'll never be able to do that kind of stuff. Don't tell me that I can't make it anywhere because you tell me that I can't make it. I'm literally going to step out of my outside of my box to prove you wrong. That's a misconception, I guess, that I've received. It's way past a misconception. A little bit, a little bit deep. Sorry, I was just about not things sorry. Like for me. This one Sorry, I get a bro. lot. So I'm lucky to work with our producer Butters and McCall, who absolutely have a much deeper under deeper love, I think, and deeper knowledge of music than I do. My music goes a lot. They're like the, their knowledge of tracks and album cuts goes way deeper than mine. So the misconception that, I, but I just wanted to share it, so it helps me sound less incompetent when it comes to music. But the misconception I get, especially working radio, of course, is well, you don't know that song. No, I don't know every song. I don't listen to every... Do I love music? Yes, I love music. Do I listen to every song ever? No, I don't. I don't know every Usher track. I don't know every Justin Timberlake track. I love both of those artists, mm-hmm. and I have no problem... T- but, it, like... And, and, and the thing that gets me, too, is, like, a lot of people ask that question, and they think it's funny, but I feel like if you were to put that into context... Like anything, it would be ridiculous. Like I'm a football fan. Well, you don't know all the players. No, who knows all the things? Who knows all the things about their own job? If you do, then I hope you're running the company because if you know everything about your own job, yeah, then you there's nothing that anyone else could teach you. It's just you know what I mean. People think it's a joke because it's radio, but I feel like if you put that in actual context, you could context you realize how ridiculous of a question it is. Yeah, because like it, I know a lot of music, so I I don't really. I don't know what to say. You know, there's there's a lot of music I like to, I I like to expand my music library in my noggin. That's what I'm saying. But like for like we did a we did a topic about movies, and that's what I compared it to. I did a I have a film degree, and I like a lot of movies. My brother's very big into movies too. He's actually probably seen more than me. But the question of have you seen like when someone at, have you seen this movie and you say no, 
And then they're like, how have you not seen that movie? I don't watch You realize TV. that there's like infinity movies. There's infinity songs right. and there's infinity movies, right. right? Odds are I haven't run into all of them at some point. And that's fair. That's one that, that's a misconception. It's just, it's a minor one, but it's just one that gets me because I feel like it, it comes, people think it's funny, but if you put it in context, it's just, you know what I mean? Because yeah. it's something that, of course, I want to strive to know more and more music. It's just, well, yeah, for sure. People play it off as a joke and it annoys me because in context, like you said, if you put it in context, I feel like it's a really ridiculous question. Yeah. I think another one is um, a- another common misconception has to do with just our job title in general. Mm-hmm. What are you? Are you DJs? Are you on-air personalities? Are you broadcasters? I, I like broadcast DJ. I'll use that sometimes. Um Usually I'll use on-air personality That's just just use. because there's so many different conversations when it comes to, oh, you're a DJ? See, and I've, I've DJed weddings before, though. I've DJed weddings, but I'm not a mixed DJ. Like, I don't I don't spin, spin discs. I don't do any sort of um, creating of music in that sense. You know, I'm, I'm more of a kind of person to throw in some random vocabulary rather than yeah. No, yeah. and the that that is the exact reason why I don't say DJ because I've actually worked with like DJ DJs who make their own music. Yeah. And me so too. I avoided it because I've actually gotten a job before, part time job, because I said that I worked as a DJ at a radio station, and so then I got a job and they wanted me to spin music, and I was like, that's not what I do. Yeah. So I always go with on air personality. That's a good one. Broadcaster to me is one that I avoid because broadcaster I associate it, it's more so because I associate broadcast with like news and television. And mm-hmm. I've worked in NPR stations and news stations before. So that is news broadcasting and on air personalities are different to me. Yeah. So on air personalities exclusive pretty much exclusively what I say. Yeah. That's a good one. I'll I'll use that most times. I actually I was just thinking about this when we were talking about that. Going back to the music thing. Um, maybe a misconception, maybe not. But if you're interested in a career in radio, do you have to love the music? Uh, I would say no. No, you well, don't have to. But it it comes with. Uh, I feel like you should you should really really like the music of the station you're on or, that genre at least, or at least decently like it. Because I feel like the more that you listen to the music, the more that you start to like it. Because the more that you are paying attention to. The music news, the the songs and the stories behind the music, and you're looking at those sorts of sorts of things. I feel like you become more one with the music. No, I feel like you actually really start to enjoy the music a lot. No, I think that I think that you don't have to love the music. I think you should legitimately enjoy listening to the music that whatever station you end up working with. But just like we we keep going back to McCall and I talking about how. I think the reason we have success is because we do a show that's about our lives and it's real and relatable. That's more the key because it's not like everyone has the same love of music. My love for music is nowhere near as extreme as, like I said, McCall's and Butters. However, I love sports. McCall doesn't. So now that's two different things we bring to this show. Right. I like video games. McCall doesn't. Eh. So it's different. McCall's really, I love pets. McCall loves pets. McCall's an extreme dog lover. I'm, right. So it's just, you know, it, there's different things. Like, because, I feel like if you think I have to love music, you kind of box yourself into a way of thinking about it. Because like one of the mistakes I think I made early in my career was thinking, like my first job when I was on Top Forty, oh, it's about God because we were on a radio station trying to get women. Okay, it's about gossip. So I talked a lot about gossip. Well, I, didn't, I had some success because women were the audience we were going for, but then it's not really genuine because to me, like McCall's all about the gossip, and I think it's interesting. But it's not something that I research nearly as much as she does. I will read the headlines and pay somewhat attention because it's part of my job now. But McCall cares about it. Yeah. So I and just, I didn't pay attention to it that much until I started working here yeah. because I wasn't paying that much attention to this kind of music. And the more that I start paying attention to the music, the more I really love it, and the more I become more, I guess, involved in it. Yeah, I think that's, that's I think, the sign, and that's not even just for radio. I think that's how I knew I wanted to make this a career is when you get to those days where you've worked 10 hours and then all of a sudden someone comes in and say, hey, we got to do this because we got to get it on for tomorrow. And, you know, everybody groans or you make a joke about it, but then you do it anyway or you... And you, it's it's not a horrible thing. Well, that is, or, or another situation that I think McCall and I run into a lot as well as that how we know this is the job for us is that you um 
something needs to be done, you know it needs to be done, and then you just go and do it. Like it's not your responsibility. It's not something maybe you normally take care of, but you're like, well, I'm just gonna go take care of it because it needs to be done, and it's something or it the station will sound better if I take the extra five minutes to do this. I think that again, that's not radio radio only, but I think it's just one of the signs. I know for me personally is how I knew. It was the crystallizing moment for me that I knew I wanted to do in radio. I actually, I think there's at some point it'll probably come up on my memory feed on Facebook, but I tweeted about, I posted about how, you know, those days where you work 12 hours and then you want to, you can't wait to go back the next day. That's how I knew radio was for me is because I had days like that and I just couldn't wait to go back and do it again. Well, and that's what I've come to discover, especially being here, is that I will work, I'll get here some mornings at four o'clock. I won't leave until... There was one morning I didn't one night I didn't leave until what eight nine nine thirty. That night we I, went to it Salt was Lake. it was ridiculous. I was so tired. Until like nine. But I literally woke up the next morning and I was good. You know, I was good. I came in. I did what I needed to do, and it's fun. I don't have a hard time. I like I I don't struggle with it because I love this job. Yeah. Well, well actually, while we're on that subject, uh, social media. Do we have to, when it comes to radio, do we have to be on social media? Do we love to be social media? If I can be like legitimately honest, I liked when I, when I didn't have a job, I was not on social media and it was nice. Uh, now that's not to say like I begrudgingly get on social media now. I, I love it. I love posting the stuff on Facebook and interacting with our listeners, but it's also one of those cases where social media has become very integral to our jobs. Yeah. And so it's become very important to me, but, uh, do I have a Snapchat? Do I have an Instagram? Yeah, McCall's the selfie taker of the two of us, so I have those apps. I use them, but it's more she's better at it. Twitter, Twitter, and Facebook are my two. Yeah, I I'm on Facebook mostly. I'm on Snapchat every once in a while, but honestly, once I leave here, I don't really do much with social media because I feel like I'm on it a lot, and I don't have a problem with being on social media because I really enjoy being able to interact and being able to communicate with everybody on social media. But I get to a point where I need to unplug. And after being in Vernal and seriously, every weekend we'd go out hiking, you know, I'd get off work, I'd go hiking. It would just be something that I wasn't on social media really ever. And so every once in a while, I just, I have to unplug. And I, on the weekends, I really suck at it because I just take, I turn off Facebook. I turn off Snapchat. I turn off Instagram. I turn off everything. I don't social media I'll go do stuff. I'll go hang out with Dustin. I'll hang out with the dogs. We'll go hiking or something. And then I'm good to go on Monday again. You know what I mean? No, I'm I'm with you. That's something that uh, when I was, before I had you on the morning show, it was something where I, I was on social media all the time. And then even after you got here, I was on all the time just to help out the staff. It's something that I've kind of taken over as running of the VFX social media just because it's something that doesn't bug me mm-hmm. and I like doing it. But I'm with you, I, especially if you've noticed recently, and I'm, I'm sure if you're one of our avid commenters, you would have, that the response rate, especially once you get to about the early evening, is kind of slowed down. I go to bed at like 7, sorry. <laughs> it's just because, you know, McCall and I both go home and kind of try to step away a little bit. because, And, and that's the thing, too. It's not like we ignore it because I'm sure you, maybe you haven't noticed because the next day we come in and the first thing I do is once we get everything set up for the show the next day is that I pull up Facebook and I go through and check and I go down until I hit the the, fir- the until I hit the first thing that I did dealt with the day before. Yep, me too. So, it's we're always constantly going to follow up, but yes, it's something that is very important to our our we both we we don't do it begrudgingly, neither of us do, but yeah. we do we don't have a problem stepping back because, you know, just to unplug and that's specifically with social media because it can be so in- all encompassing, especially cuz again, we have Snapchat, we have Instagram, we have Twitter, we have Facebook. Mm-hmm. Anything else? Yeah. Why did we start a podcast? Um, it's another aspect to be able to listen and understand who we are because sometimes you only get us for 45 seconds in the morning, you know, and if you want to know who we are and what we're like, here we are. Hey, it's AJ and McCall. Yeah, we actually just had a meeting about this and I broke this down. So McCall and I are on 6 to 10 a.m. Monday through Friday. Mm-hmm. And since we started doing the Daily Show podcast, which is ba- it's literally just a recording of what we say all day. Mm-hmm. And I broke it down in a meeting yesterday because I told people that we do two podcasts and I, so we're on for four hours and our podcast of our daily show. And I granted, I take, when we do some of our station, 
call them maintenance breaks. We talk about our station promos and stuff. Some of those don't make it on the podcast because it's meant to be the more entertaining. It's just supposed to be the entertainment part of it, mm-hmm. whatever our topics, the gossip news, all that. But they're usually about 40 minutes. So it basically means that you get about 10 minutes on average an hour of us, which really isn't all that much. And on top of that, like we don't be wrong, we get in depth with stuff because we talk, you know, two, three minutes at a time normally. Well, nine, 90 seconds to two minutes, three minutes at a time. But like the first one we did was on Taylor Swift. And we did, don't be wrong, we did an extensive part of our show on it that day. I think we spent the first two hours talking about Taylor Swift. But it just allowed us, one, to uh, get more extensive with certain topics. But two, like, I don't know if this, like, for instance, right now we're talking about our jobs. This isn't necessarily something I think we're going to go on air and have a topic about. But in our podcast, we absolutely can. It's yeah, our podcast. For sure. It's more free form. We have a. Uh, not to say that we don't have control of our show, but we have a lot more control over our podcast. Mm-hmm. And so, honestly, it's just another way for us to do, one, stuff, talk about stuff we care about. Two, it's another way for us to interact with people. And frankly, three, it's just another way to, to do something else that we love. Mm-hmm. And I guess four, it also is something that, again, will make us better at our jobs. Right. Well, careers, because they are our careers, not just our jobs. These are our careers. Yeah, because this is, I plan on doing this for the rest of my life. This is what I want to do. And to be successful, you've got to open up, you've got to be genuine, you've got to be authentic, and you can't be afraid of who you are. So, how about we've worked together, it's almost exactly four months now. Right. Which is not a, obviously, a significantly long amount of time. No, it's not. How about what's something you've learned in the, luckily for this question, we also got to go to Atlanta. How about something, very significant that you've learned in the four months that we've worked together. I've learned that everything that I knew about radio beforehand was wrong. Oh, you'll learn that a lot. Oh, yeah. I learned that constantly. It's crazy because you just, you continue to learn. Oh, I hit the microphone. You continue to learn more and more and more. Um, but I feel like the biggest thing that I've learned is that, first of all, don't be afraid of who you are. Second of all, be yourself. Third of all, people are not your competition. People are some of your greatest assets to be able to communicate with uh, when it comes to other on-air personalities, to be able to get those the insight and the feedback from those other people because they apparently know what they're doing too because they're in the exact same field as you. So you can talk to those people to be able to receive any sort of feedback. And, you know, don't get me wrong, there are some people out there that are in there for oh, that mean, are not that nice. That goes without saying. There are bad apples but Absolutely, but... Yes. But majority of what I've seen, not true. Majority of what I saw in Atlanta, definitely not true. Yeah, I I just, I would second everything McCall said. And I think for me personally, just because it's something that I'm very much a go with the flow person or wing it, as we like to say sometimes. Oh, we wing it all the time. When we're on Literally all the time. Uh, Something I've learned is very much the importance of of organization. Because I think, like, if I look at my trajectory as an on-air personality. I started out by going into shows with no planning whatsoever. I was just going to get there, find out what I wanted to talk about, do it on the spot. And then I went to writing out some general bullet points. And now I, I don't, I think McCall and I've mentioned this on air. We have a whiteboard that we use every day to lay out. We don't get like every break. And I know, and that's probably something we're going to work towards because it's something I know, especially bigger shows do. They have a really detailed breakdown of what they're doing, but we lay down Pretty detailed uh, breakdown of what we're going to do each morning. Well, shoot. Most of the time when we do have that breakdown of what we're going to do every single morning, we have like an hourly type topic because we get on a point where it's like, I'll say something that leads into a completely separate topic. And then sometimes we just scrap the rest of the show. Yeah. And we we allow ourselves the freedom to do that. I don't don't mean to over over organize, but I mean, that's just an example for me personally as an on-air personality, something that I didn't do. Social media, we do a lot of planning with that. Uh, we do a lot of organization. We have to for mm-hmm. like our our uh, videos that we do, right? The podcasts, like just organization in general, has helped. Uh, McCall can attest as someone who who is busy all the time how yep. important organization is for her because we love radio. Our lives, our lives are very have become very much part of our show. But obviously, the goal is to make sure that our our careers don't aren't, aren't the only thing that become our lives, and organization is a big part in that. Because obviously, like this is something I, I'm rephrase this before I end up saying something I don't want to. Uh, 
obviously we've talked about we've said it several times it's it's very much true it's very much i think something they they talked about in Atlanta what makes our show interesting is the fact that we can talk about our lives but to have something to talk about in our lives we have to make sure that we can leave the building and unplug like McCall said with social media so we can go experience things so we can come back in and talk about it right because i have been i have had jobs in radio where i don't get to leave the building then it becomes very much hard to be i think interesting because then Especially because, like, I have, don't get me wrong, I have dating experiences from all over the place and stuff, but I also want to have Logan experiences to talk about. Right. Absolutely. How about something that you wish you knew? Granted, you're more, very much more so than me, still super young in your radio career. How about something that you wish you knew before you got into radio? Like, before your first day on the mic? Um, I probably would like to have known just to use my voice, just the way that it is. I wish that I would have known that originally. I wish I would have known to listen to other radio stations to be able to better myself, um, to re-listen to my own things so that I could benefit myself, so I could figure out what to change. Uh, There's just a lot of things that I feel like I've learned over the past four months that I wish I knew while I was starting radio that I didn't find out until, you know, the last four months. Yeah, I think mine would be... uh... Don't try to don't try to plan to the audience in terms of what I talk about because I think for the longest time and and even I think once for a while when I was doing my show here in Logan before McCall got here, I tried to I think plan things that I thought people wanted to listen to and obviously we said we've had success because we talk about things we care about so it's genuine when we talk about it and then we also you know it's much more easier to understand when we relate from our own lives and mm-hmm. so i think that would be the biggest thing that really would have benefited me before i turn on the mic the first time i know that we're getting near the end of the podcast i thought about that we haven't gotten to this i thought about it we need to we can't talk about our jobs in radio and not talk about celebrities and I mean, right. like getting to meet people and dealing oh, right. with, right. with artists like, and stuff. I was like, what are you talking about? No, because of course, when people picture radio, you, I'm sure it's not far for most people's memories to picture us getting to meet artists and stuff. I, I feel like we cannot do a podcast on what it's like to work in radio and not at least address this issue. Well, of course. Or this topic. Not mm-hmm. even an issue, this topic. That's not an issue. So the truth of the matter is artists are very popular. And it, it makes it very hard. <laughs> it makes it difficult a lot of times to coordinate with them. I've been lucky in my my working career that I've worked with some people who have already made some connections. And it's not that we're not trying to. Yeah. Um, but like realistically, it's very difficult. It's not like, and I, I don't think, I don't, I would hope this is somewhat common knowledge. You obviously can't talk directly to the artist. No. No one is going to let that happen. No. You have to go through... So many forms. Layers and layers and layers and <laughs> that, layers of humans. That. Like, even for example, and I don't, it's not negative, so I don't want this to sound like criticism of the artist, but like, Tovlo is fairly popular, but Tovlo has not blown up, I think, to the extent of like other artists. But she's artists. extremely popular in the UK because she's from Sweden. Yeah, but I'm, I'm talking about like, for example, she came here to Utah. Right. And so compared to some of the other artists we play on, she's not nearly as big as Taylor Swift or yeah, you know, Maroon right. 5. So you would think, right, easier to get a hold of. And we tried and... Didn't happen. No go. And it's not... It's I don't want this to sound like any criticism. Not criticism no, on, absolutely not. On the artists and their managers either. Because They've got to be safe. They've got to make sure that they are safe. Absolutely. Constantly people are asking them to come to charities and do this interview and do that interview. Can you be here? Can you endorse it? So I get it. I'm just I, I, I feel like, again, I just wanted to talk about artist meetings and interviews and stuff because I feel like you can't talk about a job in radio and not at least address this. Right. How about, uh, I don't know, you got to interview Andrew Mann, which is still really cool and a big deal. That we were lucky enough because I think it was done at a smaller venue that we have pretty good relationship oh, with. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it was great to be able to talk with him. He's a very talented artist. He's one of my favorite people, uh, one of my favorite people that I've ever met in real life. You know, I mean, one of my favorite people that has has ever been I don't know I've been blessed to meet I guess you could say I mean when I say meet I mean obviously over the phone but still for now someday you will I believe yeah. in you yeah uh I, I you know for me like what do you think McCall? I don't know what who is the biggest artist that you met in your opinion this is obviously gonna vary because it depends on who you love and stuff um we had, back when I worked in Vernal, we had uh, the red jumpsuit apparatus come through, 
-hmm. and we had them, but I, I never got to interview them. I never really got to meet them. Um, they had like a big prayer thing before their concert Mm -hmm. and I happened to be in the bathroom when they did that. So I didn't get to be a part of that. I was really sad because they did their prayer and then they went up on stage and I came back and I was like, what's up guys? They're like, oh my gosh, that was the coolest thing. I'm like, what just happened? And they told me, I was like, are you freaking kidding me? Like I had to go to the bathroom right then. So I didn't get to see it. I didn't get to be a part of that. Um, I got to talk with and meet Fuel. They were in, yeah, they were in, in Vernal too. Uh, met a band there. Feel Never Real is their name. They're from Texas. Uh, we played a lot of them in Vernal. Redlands, they were really cool dudes. They're out of Grand Junction. Um, just, just very down to earth people. Uh, so I was gonna ask because I was gonna ask you because you got to talk to Andrew McMahon and I know you geeked out about that, but he's yeah. someone you've loved for so long, so it's, I think yeah. it's understandable. Do you think they like so? No offense to any of the artists that you mentioned, but I think there's I think we'd agree there's way bigger artists out there. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think you would get Gaga on Starstruck if let's say Lady Gaga is supposed to tour? This is for example, Lady Gaga is coming to Salt Lake. I think or, unless she postpones because she has health issues, so let's hope right, she gets better. Right. She's supposed to be in Salt Lake in December. Right. So let's say for whatever reason we finally have luck and breakthrough and we get to interview her. Do you think you'll be starstruck about it? I feel it? like I would be very shocked. I feel like I would be very uh, shaky, but I feel like I pr- I'm pretty good about keeping calm and keeping collect about this sort of a thing. But yeah, I think I'd probably be freaking out inside. My heart rate would be at like 158. When I called Andrew McMahon and he answered the phone and I said, hey, I'm looking for Andrew. He's like, yeah, this is him. I was like, oh, hi. Oh, hey, this is McCall from Utah's VFX. How are you? Looked at my heart rate, 156. Like, it jumped from 80 to 156 in uh, two seconds. I think that that's something that, unless you just get to do it a ton, I don't think that's because, like, I've met mine. So, the, I talked about the, getting to work with a coworker who had connections. It was with country artists. So, I've gotten right. to meet Cole Swindell, Cam. I got to meet Cam. I got to meet, um, geez, and Pete. Uh, I've met Eric Church. Uh, I met Chris Jansen. I've had a con- brief conversation with Christian. I got to go golfing with Colson Dallas. That's it's cool. More, way more. That's what I'm talking about. And it, it always. I think it's always going to be something that gets you. But I think uh, I honestly think that it's something that you do it enough, and like you, like you said, you panic on the inside, but you're able to keep a demeanor, especially because right, like obviously artists and normal people are a little bit different. But you get we interact with people on on so many on a lot a, a lot of different levels on a lot of different times and we interact with so many different people that I think that it's something you become able to keep, you know, set a common or stay even keel about. I don't I don't think I've never been one that geeked out though. That's why I was more curious about you just cuz and that's why I say Andrew man someone I know even love for a long time so it's, I think it's a little bit more of a special circumstance. Mhm. Uh, if I don't know uh I think that like it, well, since we're being open and honest about radio, don't be wrong, I would love to interview any artist I could just to pick the brain. Cause again, part of the reason that when we've talked about this, like we love the social media aspect is we love getting to talk to people and have conversations. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would love to get to talk to him, but I think that interviewing artists has become such a, I don't know, sort of a cookie cutter thing. Right. That I think that's why you have all these layers to go through is because artists are kind of getting kind of over it. You know what I mean? Uh huh. And so like, I think that even if we got a chance to interview bigger artists, I think it would be something like we saw Julia do where like she didn't even ask a serious question to Ed Sheeran. In no, her and that's what it has to be is you have to be asking just fun questions, questions that you can get away with, you know, because you are obviously talking with these people and they're people too. That's the thing is that they're people too. Yeah, by the way, I did not know this was on my bucket list, but I want Ed Sheeran to draw a half sleeve of tattoos on me. I didn't I want, know it was on my bucket list, but it is on my bucket I list. I just want Ed Sheeran to be my best friend, okay? <laughs> that interview was so good. No, I, and that's what I think, because like, to, not to get too much into insight and radio, they talk about how interviews have kind of become a thing that's kind of, even with artists, has kind of subsided a little bit because, mm-hmm. it, you know... People, nobody likes doing things for long stretches of time now. Do you really want to sit and listen? And, you know, don't be wrong. I do would love to hear Ed Sheeran talk for 10 minutes about whatever. But in general, though, I think that, like, a lot of people don't, I don't know if necessarily want to hear anybody talk for 10 minutes straight. I don't know that people want to hear hear people talk for an hour and one minute straight. <laughs> yeah, it's so I think that it's just, it's you know, interviews, like, we talked about how music, when we got into that, is something that is very much debated 
across the country, no programmer thinks really the same way. I think it's the same thing with interviews. How you handle them is something I think is very much constantly up for debate. What's the best way to do it? Should it be in short clips? Should it be one long clip? Right. Is it something where we tease a little bit of it and we put it like on a YouTube channel? Mm-hmm. So I, I just, I, I when we when we decided this was the podcast we we're going to do, it was something I thought of. I wanted to talk about artists because I knew our interactions with artists and stuff like that because I knew. I feel like if you think of of radio, um, one of the things people think about is, oh, how many artists are you going to meet? It's challenging. Mm -hmm. It's challenging. It really is. It's not something that you just get to do. It's something we work on. And I think it goes without saying, I, you know, has nothing to do with our company. I love our company. But there's obviously, I think there's when you, anywhere you work based on geography, the company size, a bunch of things, there's so many factors. There's going to be challenges and barriers you have to deal with. Like there's certain challenges in Logan Radio that are are not challenges right. in wherever. Like in Lafayette Radio is my first gig, but there's right. obviously challenges in Lafayette Radio that aren't going to be here in Logan. It's just meeting artists because of I, I think it's I think it has a lot to do with the fact that we're just far enough away from Salt Lake City is really what the issue is. Yeah, but we're gonna keep working on it. I don't know if I have anything else. I think we've covered a pretty wide basis of careers in radio. I feel like you are correct. I feel like we have. I'm tired. <laughs> AJ and the McCall dropped the mic. What is it, episode five? Ish. It's not ish. It is five. Oh, okay. It's five. You're right. Right? Because we did Taylor Swift, arts. Yes, it's five. Take a risk. It's five. Finances. Cool.